Welcome to an all-new episode of Get Lit with Leanna, the podcast. Join me as I sit down with a new guest author in each episode to discuss their books, careers, and everything in between. Today I'm joined by author Kelly McNeil to chat about her new book, May Luna. May Luna seems to have taken the bookstagram, book talk world by storm. It's literally all I've been hearing about lately. So once I got my hands on this book, I knew I had to have Kelly on the podcast to talk about it. This is a sweeping love story that spans three decades, and it's really one of the most emotional books I've read in a long time. It reminded me of pieces of Daisy Jones and the Six, The Idea of You, Almost Famous. If you're someone that likes rock star romances or music love stories, this is 100% for you. We don't get into too much detail of the book in this conversation because I really wanted to ensure that it was spoiler free. So if you've not yet read the book, do not hesitate. You could totally listen to this episode, but I really encourage you to pick up the book, read it, slide into my DMs. I think this is one of my favorite books of the year. Sasha, I know it's one of my favorite books of the year. So Please enjoy. I'm so excited. And without further ado, my conversation with Kelly McNeil starts right now. Welcome, Kelly, to the podcast. I'm very excited to have you here. I just finished May Luna last night. I was really trying to savor it because (laughs) I was so obsessed from like literally the first pages. I was absolutely hooked. So I'm so thrilled to get to chat with you today and get to talk about this book. But before we dive in to this story, I would love to know just like a little bit more about you and your writing background and like maybe take me back a bit to before May Luna, before a day like this, just bring me back a little bit. Okay. Well, first, thanks for having me here today. It's it's fun to talk with you. So I appreciate I appreciate being here. Of course. Um so yeah, I've been, you know, it's funny. I've been writing my whole life. I was one of those kids that always had a pen in my hand and was like, had my head in the clouds. I was an only child. And, you know, it was like working parents, only child. I was either playing really great music or writing something or reading something. So I feel like writing has always been a huge part of my personality, but music was something that I loved. And so I went into the music industry first Okay. Um, it was something I, I really felt very passionate about and was so excited to do. So I went into the backstage world of music and specifically concert promotion. Okay. So um, I did that for about um, a, about a decade. Wow. And um, yeah, so and I and I loved it. But then it was I had my children. And decided it was not something that I was going to be wanting to do while also raising my kids. So I had taken time off and my kids were very young and I kind of had the mental space and emotional space and the bandwidth to be able to start writing in earnest. But I had not made that decision yet. I was just still like doing it the same way I always had. Just here and there, writing things down and thinking, oh, I love to write. But then it was when the story of May Luna came to mind um, that it was like, it just kind of all, and I say this in my acknowledgments, it just sort of downloaded in this like five minute song that I was listening to on the radio. And it was like Carter and Evie and the band and Tommy and Alex, like the whole thing just 
showed up. And so I started writing and I said, okay, now I'm going to, now I'm going to do this. And so, yeah, I would start, I would write in the middle of the night, which is so fitting for me, Luna. Um, But I wrote in the middle of the night, usually between like 12 and three or 12, three, four in the morning while the kids were like babies. So while they were sleeping and then, um, yeah, so I signed with my literary agent very shortly after finishing May Luna. Mm-hmm. Um, had a different name at the time. And it was like, it was all the same stuff, but it was just a little bit different. And um, yeah, so I, that was what started my writing career in earnest. But then I didn't, we did not, like it, you know, there were a lot of revisions and we just didn't we decided to eventually shelve May Luna and work on a different project. And that's when I wrote a day like this. Right. So, yeah. So crazy. So after a day like this came out, was it then when you kind of had the thought, like maybe we should revisit May Luna or the story that was May Luna, if it wasn't titled May Luna, like how did that mm-hmm. just come to be? Cause I feel like it's super unique to have written a book or had a whole concept of a story done uh-huh. and uh-huh. shelved it do something Mm -hmm. else have that be your first published work and then like go back to the first project you had been working on for so long like what was that decision or thought process like yeah it's so funny because we had just gotten renewed interest in the original story of may luna but i was already like sort of halfway through a day like this and it was starting to feel like it really was the story that needed to be told first i'm not sure how else to describe it it was just like and it is it's it's funny you hear it's not that unusual because there are so many authors who will write one two three novels and they never get published and Mm -hmm. so it's like their debut novel maybe their fourth or fifth novel right you know so and then there are other stories of writers whose agents send those books out on submission and then they just don't get bought for whatever reason so it's not that uncommon in the writing world to have that happen But, um, yeah, so after a day like this came out, I was just, I was starting to write my next book and I was about like maybe 30% of the way through it. And I just was not feeling it. I was like, this is just not, but Carter and Evie were like chattering in the back of my mind. And I just said, you know what, this story, it, it needs to be told. I talked about it with my agent a little bit and, um, yeah, I had, decided to just make some adjustments to the way um, the story of Carter and Evie was told. And so I basically restructured the story, like rewrote parts of it. And then it turned out to be exactly what it needed to be. So like it 100% happened that way for a reason, because, you know, it just, yeah, it wouldn't have worked as well had I done it the first time. So it, it came out exactly as it as it was supposed to and exactly when it was supposed to. Right. So you mm-hmm. mentioned that like the inspiration or like the thought, the download of the story came yeah. listening to a song. Can you like explain more how that happened? Like, did you have any inkling of like, this is what I want to write about? I mean, obviously you had mentioned you had a background in the music business. So that was something you mm-hmm. well versed in. There wasn't a lot of research that needed to go into it because it was like lived right. experience, but how did mm-hmm. the inspiration of this story hit you? Like, can you, I don't know if you're willing to share the song that you were listening to, like, what was that and how did that come to be? Well, okay. So the song itself, I'm not sharing with anybody. I've gotten this question a lot because it's in the acknowledgements, but I've decided not to share it because music is such a 
a personal and subjective thing. And I kind of want every, like, once I say it, it'll be out there and then it'll, it'll be positioned in a, in, in a way that is, yeah, exactly. And so, but what I would love is for everybody to come up with their own me Luna song. So it's like, what is it to you? What is this type of story mean to you? And when, you know, because you may be a fan of a completely different genre than I am. And so that story may feel very connected to you and in a different type of song. So that's why I'm not really putting it out there. Okay. Fair. But um, yeah, I had not, I, I had, you know, not really planned to write a book about the music industry. It wasn't the music industry that I was writing about. It was Carter and Evie. So when that in, in music in writing go hand in hand to me, I like pretty much cannot write without music. It's that it's that strong of a connection. So I have playlists that I make to and this is different than like the public playlist that I've put out for May Luna, but I have writing playlists and they almost act as mental cues. So when I hear that very first song, it's like my brain just turns on and says, okay, now it's time to like listen for whatever words and story are going to come out now. And um, so, and I get very inspired by music. And um, so I think that day, I was just like, and I remember where I was, everything. It was just like Carter appeared first. And um, so I was like, okay, this is Carter and this is his story. And then Evie a moment later, and it was like, wow, okay. And then the band members and it. Yeah. And that's the way it has with a day like this too. When I was writing it, it was, um, I would have a, a song would come on and then like a whole new subplot would appear. It, so that's just kind of the way music works with me. That's so cool. Yeah. So for those mm-hmm. who have not yet read me, Luna, I mean, I feel like it's everywhere right now and we'll get to that, but what yeah. is the book about? Obviously spoiler free, but mm-hmm. the little elevator pitch of the story. So May Luna is, it's the story of this legendary band from the late nineties and they're very iconic and like mysterious, enigmatic lead singer. And then they're, you know, kind of mysterious connection to this woman that nobody has ever heard of. And this woman had a, a profound impact on the band and the lead singer and their into the, the trajectory of their lives. But nobody's ever heard that story because she got lost sort of in the history of the band. And she herself kept the whole thing a big secret. So many years later, um, she has now, you know, her, she's, she's grown children and, um, they find like a photo of this famous photo from the nineties of the lead singer of the band and this woman. And so it's very like romantic kind of ethereal photo. And they realize that it's their mom, which seems to be absolutely impossible to them. And so the story of May Luna is actually the story of the band as told from Carter, who is, who is in one place telling the entire story of his relationship with this woman and the band, they're telling their story. And then Evie is telling her story. Her in, you know, the book is like, it's told through their thoughts primarily as books are when we're listening, you know, when we're reading the point of view of a character. So it's not like she's verbatim reading it aloud to, you know, saying these words aloud to her children, but they, and neither is Carter when he's telling the story, but it's like, 
you know, if you're telling a story to people, the memories are, are playing like movies in your mind. So you're not telling the person every single detail, you're recalling it in their in your mind. Mm-hmm. And that's the feel of the book. It's them recalling this whole thing in their mind. And then every once in a while, they'll say a word, you know, something out loud to the people they're telling the story to. And then you're kind of reminded of the setting mm-hmm. in which this is all unfolding. Yes. Um, that's a very long explanation for what May Luna is, but you gave me the opportunity. So there you go. <laughs> yes. There's so many pieces of what you just said that I'm dying to like pick apart and talk to you about, but I loved the the techniques in which you wrote this book. It was so different because it's a then and now it's a dual point of view. It's written in form of like an interview, a conversation, memories, like you use so many literary techniques mm-hmm. bundled into one. And what's so insane about it. And I kept saying it as I was reading the book and like I was having conversations with people in my DMs who were also reading it. Okay, cool. It literally plays out like a movie. It's written like a movie. And I'm somebody, and I don't know if you're someone like this too, but I'm someone when I read a book, I'm like watching it in my head. That's always me. It's like playing out like a movie. Mm -hmm. But this Mm -hmm. was a different experience because not only was that happening to me, which happens naturally, it also just felt like it was written movie-like. I can't explain Mm -hmm. But it just, mm-hmm. it was executed, was unlike anything I had read before. And I know mm-hmm. how hard it must be for an author, you, to kind of marry all these different literary techniques in one and have it be so like cohesive. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. what that decision was like, and if it was hard to write, and that outlining process, like all of the actual nitty gritty of formulating the story, like from a writing mm-hmm. technique, what that was like. Mm-hmm. I love that question. And it's such a good question. Yeah, it was, you know, um, I I think I broke just about every rule in writing with this book. So it's like, you know, you have to and writers will often writing teachers will often tell their students, you have to learn every single writing rule in order to be able to write well. But after you've learned them, then you can feel free to break them. You have to learn them first. And so there are a lot of broken rules in this in this book. And it's because, you know, yeah, like you mentioned, it's like this strange timeline. I play with the time. I play with um, the point of view. Uh, um, the tense goes from like present to past. It's like it's all over the place. But so I will say that was a challenge, <laughs> a challenge to work with, but it was necessary in order to formulate the story the way I wanted it. And so sometimes, you know, it would be the middle of the night and I'd be like, okay, wait, where, wait, who knows what at this point and where, and I would have to kind of keep it together. And I don't outline when I write, um, I very much, but, but I did know the whole story ahead of time. So even though it wasn't a technical outline, I knew where it was going, and what I needed to say. I will say that the big rewrite that happened, um, as I mentioned that there was a revision from that an original draft from a number of years ago and what I had done differently this time was I decided the entire the first version of this book was entirely through Evie's perspective so you can imagine when I decided it needed to have Carter's perspective and the band's perspective as well because see what was happening is I realized you know we were seeing it through the lens of this woman who had had a very traumatic childhood she had you know a skewed lens of herself and her own value. She had, um, we also, you know, so she's a little unreliable in that way. And so in order to get the full picture of what actually happened, we needed to get the band's perspective and Carter's. 
And that was what was missing all along. And that's why I love that it got published now as opposed to before. Yeah. But unfortunately, I ended up having to like put up, you know, there's a lot on the cutting room floor because I mean, just like so many scenes had to get cut from this book in order to make room to rewrite it with this other perspective. So that was really, that was like emotionally hard <laughs> to let these scenes go. But I had done the technique with the t- weird timeline um, and playing with um, those sorts of things in an unconventional way. I had done that with a day like this. So it was a skill that I was bringing to the table um, that I was able to work with. It's so funny because my sister-in-law was reading it at the same time as me. And uh-huh. she started it like a day later. So she was a few chapters behind. Oh, and right. Mm-hmm. A few nights ago, we were together and I was still reading. But as I mentioned at the beginning, I was reading this really slowly. Like I was really trying to savor it. Thank you, by the way. (laughs) And she asked me a question and I said something and she was like, what? And I was like, wait, we're in different timelines. Don't listen to me. Just keep reading. Like I totally was confused as to where I was in the book and what timeline, like what chapter I was on and where she was. And I was like, just, just keep going. Like it makes no sense. We're not at the same, we can't discuss. So it's so interesting how like you have a really different experience with the book at every part you're at. Because of mm-hmm. every stage of every and Carter's relationship, like you're just really taken through that journey. But before we talk more about the book, obviously the reception so far has been quite literally crazy. Like it was an Amazon first reads. So I feel like that's how a mm-hmm. lot of people found it. I'm a mm-hmm. big fan of rock star romances, rock star love stories. Okay. Um, so immediately, I think when the book came out at the beginning of January on Amazon, people started messaging me like, you have to read this. You're going to love this. It has so many like things that feel like things that you love, like you're going to love it. And I was just like, oh, okay. Like, so I reached out to you and that's kind of how this started for me. But yeah. since then, everyone is talking about this book. It's on my TikTok everywhere. Like, <laughs> like for you to see this story, just like be praised high, low sideways before it even really comes out. Like, what is that, that feedback and that like reception been like so far? I was not sure how this book was going to be received because one of the things about it that makes it a little bit complex is that it is not your traditional romance, but on the surface, it sounds like rock star romance, right? But that's not what the book is really about. And so it's, it's, it's a love story, but it is not in the genre of romance because it doesn't have those elements that, 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 you know, you know what I'm trying to say? It's like, so I wasn't sure how it was going to be received because I didn't know what audience was going to love this book or if they were going to love it. I just hoped, but yeah, so it was, um, yeah. So the book came out on February 1st, but it was already hitting. Yeah. The TikTok thing. I was not, I was not like fully expecting, um, it hit Instagram first and then I started getting this feedback and then, Um, people like yourself were reaching out and I was like, well, that's very cool. But then when, and then it hit TikTok and then it just like, then the memes started (laughs) and I've only post, I only repost them every once in a while, but they're so much fun. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that's been wild. It was like, and that pretty much hit towards the end of January, right before it came out. And so now there's a new wave of people who are going to get this book because it just came out. So I'm not sure how that's going to go, but yeah, the reception has been like crazy and 
really fun. And I'm just so happy that people are embracing the story. It's definitely being embraced. And to go back to what you kind of just mentioned about how the book doesn't necessarily hit all of like the beats of a traditional romance book. Mm-hmm. Um, though, is that obviously this is a love story between Abby mm-hmm. and Carter. That's, that's no doubt. That's, that's the love story. Of course. There's such a major component of this. That's like a love story of a mother and a daughter. And mm-hmm. like, like that whole motherhood understanding, I guess. And like sacrifices mm-hmm. one makes as a mom. And obviously I'm not a mom yet, but I love my mom and I know all my mom has done and continues to do sure. for me. And I've read so many books that have these like very deep through lines of motherhood. So I'm wondering why you wanted to include that as a major aspect of this book, obviously without giving so many spoilers away, but why it was important to include it in this story and not just leave the story as a love story between Evie and Carter. Right. So a big, a big part of this is what, one of the themes I wanted to convey from the very get go. And this, this came through in that original story idea that I had was the differences between what a mother or a woman in general living her life portrays to the outside world versus the hidden world that we all keep inside of us. And there may be like, or the unfulfilled potential or um, the um, like the secrets that we feel we can't share the parts of ourselves that we hide. Mm -hmm. And I wanted that to be a really big part of Evie's story because that is a actual like critical part of the plot and so a big part of that, um, and whether you have children or not, like you said, if you, everybody kind of understands the dynamic between parents and children, that there is that invisible wall that is between them just by nature of the relationship that you don't, they may be the person who knows you better than anybody. Um, but they may not actually know what your like the truth of your heart is. And then for parents in particular, parents have to hide certain parts of themselves in order to, um, you know, kind of raise their kids and be a good example and not confuse them and give them like reasons to go to therapy. So that's the goal. So but in doing that, you do have to keep a huge part of yourself quiet. Right. And, and so I loved giving her daughter, Lainey, the opportunity to hear more about it. And it's funny because I've had a couple people go like, mm, there's moments in here where she's talking about like some moments with Carter that you might not necessarily share with your children. Cause that's right. kind of icky, but that's where we come back to. She's not actually telling her daughter like, yeah. Oh, and then he placed his hand here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's like, these are memories that are playing out in her head. And then, She's conveying that overall feeling of this love, this great love that she had in her life that made her who she is and her daughter never knew about it. Mm -hmm. I obviously don't want to touch on like any spoilers, but Mm -hmm. I know everyone's going to want to know your, your like, cause you said you didn't really outline like your vision of the story, Mm -hmm. the, the twists, the ending, all of that from the very beginning, you knew how the story was going to play out right? You knew from the very beginning, this was what was... I did. Right. So was it hard to actually put pen to paper to make that happen? Like, I know a lot of people reading it and I felt the same way. Like it was a cathartic experience reading this book, like from beginning to end, it just felt Mm -hmm. like full circle. Mm -hmm. 
what was that like to write and like knowing kind of how you're going to end this book? And so used to having everything in front of them right away that we forget that innovation just takes time. I, I, myself, I get frustrated too. Why? And you know, this is being one of my best friends is, Hey, I talk to you all the time. Hey man, I'm frustrated in the fact that I can't seem to just get there in Mm -hmm. the next day, but that's just not how these things work, right? Innovation needs to be planned out. It needs to be very methodical. And then when it finally hits, that's when it seems like to everyone else that it, it sort of just came out of nowhere. But to you, you know the amount of dedication that it took over that time. Yeah. So um, I rem- like I had, like I said, I had found I had Carter and Evie's whole story and the feel of it came through very quickly, but I it was like a little bit later, maybe just even a couple days later where I started to think, okay, this is, this is where this story is going to go. And um, it was a very emotional book to write. I mean, I think I like, I mean, there are like blood, sweat and tre- tears in the words on this pay on the, that went into this book and you know I just it it was like it was hard but then it was kind of fun at the same time because yeah. I was able to it changed the, the the tone and it changed the structure and I'm already hearing from people who are reading it a second time because they wanted to read it a second time and then in the and it's a completely different reader experience to read it the second time around um and and so it was just I, I mean as a writer, it was really kind of fun because I was able to, to play with the tone in a certain way. But um, yeah, it was like a really emotional thing to write. I feel like I poured out huge, like I was like scraping at my soul and my heart, putting these words on the page. It, it's a very emotional, it was a very cathartic experience for me to write it too. Yeah. It was like therapy. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> Yeah. Back at the writing experience as a whole, like what would you Mm -hmm. say some of like the really easy moments to write? Like what were the scenes that just like it was them talking to you and you were just like the conduit putting the words on the page? Like you were Mm -hmm. for you. What were those moments? Because it really felt like all of their interactions were so honest. And I just feel Mm -hmm. like it it must have come to you in some sort of like easy they're whispering your ear in your ear kind of way. Cause that's how it read. That's how it came. It, that's how it, yeah, it, that's exactly how it arrived. It's funny because and I, I actually have a photo of this and I was going to post on social media at some point in time in the next week or so, but I have like, people have always complimented me on my handwriting. I have really like nice handwriting. I just do. I don't know why, but I, it's like, it's very pretty kind of like, neat and tidy handwriting but when you I write longhand I wrote most of this book longhand or um and then I usually like the first draft is almost always longhand when you see the pages that I write it's illegible chicken scratch it's upside down it's sideways it looks like completely chaotic it's on all different sides of the paper and on like grocery receipts and it's just like everywhere and it's a complete, it doesn't even look like my handwriting and it's so weird. Um, but that's when I say like, it, it comes like, 
these scenes in the dialogue, it came like a waterfall and I just could not catch it fast enough. So I would write as fast as I, I possibly could to catch as much of it as I, as I can. And, and that's the way I tend to write. Um, that's why I'm saying like, I have stacks of like this, of scenes that are on the cutting room floor from this book. Yeah. The hard, the, so those are the easy parts, like the, 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 the um, interactions with them, the scenes with the feel of the band, all of it, those were very easy. The hard parts were um, really trying to get the dialogue right in, in like the last quarter of the book where I'm having those really difficult conversations and um, that I needed to convey a whole lot of backstory and a whole lot of reasoning and explanations in a concise way that didn't drag on. So those were in, 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 in very precise ways that didn't give anything away. Like that was very difficult. Right. Yeah. So all of those pieces that now didn't make it into this book, uh-huh. are you thinking about putting them out in the world in another capacity, like bonus content? Have people asked you even about it? Have you thought about it? But there it is a season to the story to have it out there. I don't know. Um, I will not reveal too much about that, but I will say that there will probably be something done with a lot of the material that I have. So how that is going to come to fruition, I'm not positive yet, but I can say that, um, yeah, I, I think that there will be enough of a, I think there will be enough people out there who want to to see and hear more about like what this band was going through. And then there's just a lot of like, there's a whole, you know, the book's pretty long. It's like 116,000 words or something like that. It's a long, it's a fairly long book for women's fiction. And um, the part of her with actually like with the band on the road is actually not that long because I had so, I mean, we're, we're covering three decades here. It's a very epic story that's going this. So I had a lot of ground to cover. But um, so there's a lot of fun scenes there with with her and the band that really kind of give a lot more perspective about what exactly was so compelling about Evie. Like why, why, you know, aside from her just being Evie, you know, but like why, why was she so compelling? I'm so excited. I know everyone who loves this book will be eager for more, eager for more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But now I guess that you've kind of, temporarily I guess moved on from May Luna it's now out in the world for everyone to read like what are you working on next are you able to share anything coming out I don't want to pressure you maybe you're taking a breather for once that's possible but (laughs) just yeah yeah um so I have a superstition about writing I don't normally I don't talk about exactly what I'm writing a lot of writers will say like oh I'm starting book the next book or this is what I'm working on or they'll they have writing partners or they work closely with their editors and agents I don't do any of that it's like my family doesn't even know I'm writing like I mean they know I'm writing because that's what I do for a living but my point is I don't say like oh this is what I'm working on you know I just sort of like called my best friend one day and was like hey I finished a book and she's like Okay. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) You know, it's that, it's that sort of feeling because I I feel like once I've told the story, even if it's a sentence, like a, like a summary, oh, I'm writing a book about this, like Gene Smith went here. Once I've said that story, it's like the universe is saying, oh, okay, you told the story. Now it's done. I don't need to give you anymore. 
So I keep it very close, but I will say that um, I'm always working on something. I am working on the next book. And um, I also, we have a project um, coming up with a day like this. So, which I am like super excited about. Um, So I'm working on that as well. Busy. All good things. Yeah. 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 And I also, I homeschool my kids. And so they're home with me while (laughs) I got two, I have two teenage daughters. So they're home with me. So it's like my writing routine has changed and evolved over the years. Um, But it's funny because when I really need to dig in and get into the nitty gritty, it's like that waiting until the house is quiet and writing in like near darkness with headphones on. That's the magic hour for me. Wow. That's insane. That's incredible. You have a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I do. Well, thank you so, so much for taking the time to chat. This was incredible. Obviously, you know how much I love the book. Everyone that has not yet read it that listens to this, I'm sure will be running to go grab it. And I'm wishing you so much success. And I can't wait to hear what you've got going on coming down the pipeline. All this stuff sounds so exciting. I'm very much looking forward. Oh, well, good. Thank you so much. Yeah. Keep an eye out there. I have, I'll be releasing little tidbits about me here and there. Um, some behind the scenes, fun things that I think people will like some things about, um, yeah, each of the band members. And then there's a playlist out there, um, all of which you can grab on my social media. So you can, for anybody who's a music lover, they can grab that and Amazing. Yeah, just sort of stay tuned for the rest. <laughs> well, we will. We're very excited, all of us. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs>